In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we know that when it comes to planning weddings, a good best man will take up the role of helping the groom and the bride prepare for the wedding. And he does so throughout the time that they spent preparing, planning for the wedding. But he especially takes up a responsibility on the day of the wedding, helping the groom get ready. And then we see at the wedding party, going in before the groom to prepare for the entrance of the groom. And then we also see, as part of a traditional practice, that during the party, the best man gives a speech. And in that speech, he gives some remarks, usually, about his relationship with the groom and also the bride, maybe. But the goal of that speech is to give those who are at the wedding a more intimate idea of who the groom is so that their happiness is increased, so that they have something to focus on to give them joy for being there at the wedding. And it's a nice moment giving that speech. Today, we heard from the Gospel a description of John the Baptist from his father, Zechariah. And it's a pretty profound description. It's part of a beautiful prayer that Zechariah starts praying after his mouth has opened and he has decided to follow God's will and name his son John. And this prayer is in fact so important that in the Roman Catholic Church, they say it every morning as part of their official morning liturgy. In this prayer, he, he talks to John and says, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins through the tender mercy of God. In other words, you, O child, will, will be the best man of the Lord. John the Baptist is the best man of Jesus. He goes before Christ to prepare the way for Christ. For Christ to go out to meet his bride. And who is the bride? That would be us. Those of us who are gathered here as the church. This idea, this reality of us existing in the midst of a wedding isn't something new. This is something that was communicated through the prophets and the Old Testament. The fact that God has the kind of heart that desires to wed his people to him. God has the kind of heart that desires to marry his people of Israel. There are several times in the Old Testament where Israel is called the bride of God. And she was a reluctant bride. There were many times when Israel turned away from the love that the bridegroom was offering her, <clears throat> turning towards others, other suitors, turning in other directions, thinking she would find love and happiness in other places, following other gods. <clears throat> now, as we prepare for the birth of our Lord, we might be seeing a lot of nativity scenes, and that's great, but we're also preparing for a marriage because that 
image from the Old Testament was fulfilled during the Incarnation. <coughs> because during the Incarnation, when God becomes man, divinity marries humanity. So that humanity has a share in divinity. So that the bride is lifted up to imitate her bridegroom. So we, we exist in the midst of this wedding. We're being invited to this wedding as the bride. And the groom comes out to meet us. Just like in real life, the groom goes and proposes, usually. The groom comes out to meet us in such humility, in such purity, in such innocence, in such poverty. How do we respond? How do we respond to the invitation to this wedding? <coughs> do we even know that God wishes to marry us? Do we even know that we're part of this bride that we call the church? Are we willing to enter into this relationship of love? We produce wedding cards, invitations, that we send out to people that we would like to come to our wedding. This is our invitation that God offers to us. Everything that has been revealed by God is here. His heart has been revealed through these scriptures. We need to ask ourselves, especially as we approach a feast like Christmas, how are we responding to this invitation? <clears throat> We're actually responding to it right now. Because right now, we're about to eat at the banquet of that wedding that makes a memorial of that wedding. And the food of that banquet is not just any kind of meal that we're going to temporarily enjoy and then forget about afterwards. And the wedding isn't like that either. The feast of that banquet is the food of the groom himself, his own body that was broken and his blood that was shed. And it's not meant to be forgotten, but rather it's meant to be transformative, to make us more like the groom himself, to bring us into union with the groom himself. Again, how are we responding to this invitation? Right now, we should ask ourselves, who are we at the wedding? Are we the guest who is there just to be there? Are we the guest that has one foot in and one foot out? Or are we willing to set ourselves aside and humbly partake of the joy that this bridegroom is offering? Because again, it's not just any joy. It's a transcendent kind of joy, a joy that transforms us. All of us know that after a long time being married, <coughs> a husband and wife are bound to pick up habits from each other, to become a little bit like one another. Christ became like us as much as he possibly could. Taking on human flesh in the most poor and humble way. Living a quiet life, a humble life. And then going to an innocent death on the cross. In the midst of this wedding, that's where he shows us what the standard of the love and the relationship should look like. And we're all looking at it right now. 
It's the centerpiece of the wedding. And it shows us what real love looks like. It shows us how far love can go. And it shows us what's worthwhile when it comes to what we need to imitate in our own relationships, especially in our married relationships. Brothers and sisters, hearing this gospel passage today, we're called to do the same thing that John the Baptist is doing. Preparing the way of the Lord. How? By knowledge of the salvation that people need from their sins. And we start with ourselves. We start by asking ourselves, how have we fallen? What does it take to get back up? Who can pick us back up? And who can keep us standing up? That's the first step to participating in this banquet, to accepting the invitation to this wedding, before we go and prepare that same way for others. This is a very, very big deal. Understanding this is very fruitful. Understanding this provides direction for the rest of our spiritual lives. And it's a very beautiful thing to meditate on for Christmas. Because while we see this child being born in a manger, we also see a child who's being born to die, whose death is his wedding day, whose death is his gift to his bride. And John the Baptist is the best man that prepares for all of that. Let's follow his example by preparing ourselves through knowledge of who God is in the relationship that we have with him and how he desires with his heart to save us in the most humble of ways. Amen.